I want to do a message uh, this morning, continuing on our series called Saved uh, to Live. And I believe there's different things that God wants us to really embrace to truly live. Our vision, mission here at Abundant Life is to help people find and follow Jesus. Well, why do we do that? So we can check a box? No. We want people to find and follow Jesus so they can truly live, so they can live abundant, so they can live free. And today, specifically, we're going to talk about the fact that we are saved to live free. You see, many times believers just think, well, I got saved, asked Christ to forgive me, so my sins are forgiven, and one day I'll go to heaven. But there's a lot of life in between, and God wants you to live it to the full for Him. You see, Christ came that we could truly be free. In John chapter 8 and verse 31, we read this. Jesus said to the people who believed in Him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We are descendants of Abraham. They said, we have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Now, at Jesus' time, as he was speaking to them, their first thought was, well, we're not slaves. We're not owned by a master. But he said to them, no, you are slaves, and you're slaves to what's controlling you. But I want to begin today with a story about someone who was truly a slave in the 1800s, and his name was Henry Brown. And you see, Henry Brown was a slave for many years. His wife was a slave and his kids were slaves, owned by somebody. And Henry knew they weren't free, but the day came when the master who he was a slave to sold his wife and kids to another state, and he knew he would never see his wife and kids again. And suddenly, Henry made up his mind he would be free. At whatever price he had to pay, even if it meant his life, he decided, I'm going to be free. Enough is enough. And with the help of a free black person and a white shopkeeper, he came up with a plan to become free. And the plan was that he would ship himself in a box from Richmond to Philadelphia. On March 23, 1849, Brown wedged himself into a three-foot by two-foot box labeled dry goods. And he settled in for a long journey via wagon, steamboat, railroad to the home of an abolitionist, James Miller McKim. He only had a few biscuits and some water as supplies. And during one leg of the trip, his crate was placed upside down on the deck of a steamship. Brown was left sitting on his head for 90 minutes, his eyes swelling as if they would burst from their sockets. He nearly passed out before two unsuspecting passengers flipped the box over to use it as a seat. Brown arrived safely in Philadelphia after 27 grueling hours inside the cramped confines of the box. 
His incredible story made him a minor celebrity in New England, but he was soon forced to flee the country after the passage of the Fugitive Slave Act in 1850. Box Brown later spent several years in Great Britain hosting a stage act that documented his escape. And eventually he returned to the United States in 1875 and he worked as a magician. And part of every show, he would climb into the same wooden crate that had once carried him to freedom. You see, freedom is something that Every person desires. Yet often, those who have freedom take it for granted. And sometimes those who are in bondage don't even know what freedom tastes like. But Christ came to set us free. Now for you and I, none of us here are literal slaves to a person. None of us can be sold to another person state. But I do realize there are places in the world today where there are still literal slaves. But for our context, I want us to look at it the same way Jesus did. He said there are still slaves. There are still people in bondage, still people who are not free. Jesus paid the price for our freedom. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So I said, just like Christ did, there are some things that can put people in bondage. There are some things that can make you not free. Even believers can become unfree or in bondage. So what are a few of those things? Now, this part of the message maybe isn't the most positive part of it, but it's important for us to hear and understand. Now, obviously, as Jesus mentioned in the very first scripture we read, sin can be a bondage. And I want to include sin and its fruits like guilt, depression, anger, and hate. In verse 34 of that portion of scripture in John 8, it said, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. I don't think I need to go into a long message about different sins and what they are. I think each and every person here could come up with something in their mind, realizing, yeah, if you practice that sin, you will be a slave. So I'm not going to go into that portion today. I think we're all mature and understand. Yeah, sin is bad. It will keep you in bondage. Another bondage that can also, I believe, plague people and believers as well is fear. You see, 2 Timothy 1 verse 6 says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear is not from God, but fear, another scripture says, has torment. Fear can cause people to be bound up so tight they cannot do what God would have them do. Because of fear, people will stay in their homes and not go out. Fear can cause people to imagine the craziest things and live with no peace. That's bondage. 
And God says he does not want us to live in bondage. Fear has to be dealt with. Something else that I believe can be a bondage, and I've brought it up in its own part of Scripture, and it's called addictions. Now, some addictions can be sin. Other addictions, we maybe don't think they're sin, so I brought it up in its own place. But addictions basically are, in Scripture, called lust of the flesh. Okay, the word addiction isn't in your Bible. But all addictions please the flesh. All addictions begin with, wow, that felt good. I think I want some more. And addictions will put you in bondage. 2 Peter 2 verse 19 says this, They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption. And this last half, For you are a slave to whatever controls you. See, addictions take over and they control a person. Talk to anyone who has been addicted to drugs. It began with, well, that feels good, I like it, it feels good to the flesh, to I'll try it again, to all of a sudden, I can't live without it, and it owns me. It's bondage. Talk to the person who made up their mind they were going to quit smoking cigarettes, and they will tell you, it is not easy from the shakes to the, oh my goodness, I need it. You see, addictions, our bodies begin to crave whatever it is we're addicted to and we think we have to have it to feel good. That's called lust of the flesh. Romans 13 and 14 says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Now, I mentioned a couple, but I can't just stop with the obvious easy ones because there are many addictions in our society where people are bound and can't function. Of course, there's the addiction of alcohol. Most people know that one. The thing about addictions is often people don't admit they're addicted or don't want to believe they're addicted. So how do you know if you're addicted to something? If you've come to a point where you're not functioning and you can't live without it, you're addicted. If you want to do this but you can't because you need that, you're addicted. So we understand the addiction of alcohol. We see it around us often and we see it destroy lives. But what about the mom who, well, I just need that alcohol, you know, just in the evening. I'm not addicted, but every evening I need it. And pretty soon I need it in the evening and the morning, but I'm not addicted. I can say no anytime, but can you? Addiction takes you where you don't want to go, and it keeps you there. So addiction causes you to no longer be free. Now those are ones most of us would say, yeah, we, we understand those. Did you know that technology and gaming can be an addiction? They are actually thinking about, you know, making it legal that gaming is an addiction, just like gambling. They haven't done it yet, but they're saying it affects people that seriously. Now, there's nothing wrong with gaming, but if it takes over and it controls you and owns you, it's an addiction. If you game all night and can't go to work, so you can't make money and pay your bills, you're addicted no different than the alcoholic who can't go to work because of his addiction. 
Oh, yeah, but mine's fun. Well, they thought theirs was fun originally too. If you're doing something and you're so tired you need to sleep, but you won't sleep because you want to do it some more, you're addicted. And let's be honest, we can get addicted to our phones. Oh, I need to see if someone liked my post. Oh, I need to check the news. Oh, I wonder who won this morning. And the kids, Dad, I'm too busy. I can't do that right now. Too busy doing what? Being addicted to a phone. Church, if you want to live free, if you want to live fulfilled, you can't let anything own you. You've got to be free enough to say, okay, Lord, whatever you want, that's what I want. So no matter what it is in your life, maybe it's not quite an addiction yet, but almost deal with it. Deal with it when it's easy. And don't let it take you. Don't let it own you. When we talk about addictions, i got to bring up one more you might not like this one, but it's a North American thing. Did you know you could be addicted to shopping? As a couple, oh, pastor, don't go there. You can. There's a little bit of a high that comes with buying something new. Shopping can become an addiction. We're like, wow, it can't be that harmful. What's wrong with stuff? Go watch one of those hoarding shows <laughs> where the house is so piled with stuff they can't move. But like any addiction, well, there's nothing wrong with shopping. But if shopping becomes a way to make yourself feel good, to make your flesh feel okay, like everything's wonderful, and you do it to the point where you're not paying your bills, you do it to the point where you can no longer give to the Lord or help other people, then shopping is an addiction for you, and it's not okay. If you're having trouble moving around your home anywhere because of the stuff, Shopping has been an addiction. I do realize there are often other factors for hoarders or a home. Somebody has been sick or run out of time. I get that. And I know that sometimes depression plays into it and different things. But I want to tell you this, church. No matter what it is, don't let it control you. Okay? Another thing that I believe can cause people to be in bondage is spiritual oppression or possession. And this is something we might have thought of right away. Well, yeah, that's bondage. Acts 10.38, it said, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So spiritual oppression is a real thing, and so is spiritual possession. Possession is where a spirit is actually... Uh, dwells in a person controlling them. Oppression is where from the outside through putting thoughts and stuff causes them to act a certain way. And we don't have to argue about how that works or anything. It's just real, okay? And it is a bondage. You see, we are in a spiritual battle. It's real. In Ephesians 6 verse 12, it says, We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. There is a spiritual world beyond the natural, and it's real whether you like it or not. And if we become apathetic, oh, I don't think so, I don't really care anyways, you will lose the battle. And there are people who have become oppressed or even possessed and now they're in bondage, no longer in charge of their lives. 
A story comes to mind, and this is not a really great story. I don't know if we'll leave it on the recording, but it came to my mind when I was preparing the message, and it's a true story. An older gentleman told me about, told me this story. He was actually talking to our family. I believe I was a teenager, maybe early 20s. And he was quite a bit older, and it was in his past. He has since passed away. But he told us this story. He said he was a missionary in another country. And while in the other country, he was busy doing missionary stuff, but he wasn't really spending a lot of time in prayer. He'd kind of forgotten the spiritual battle they were in, just going about doing stuff. And he was at a meeting that, it wasn't his meeting, but they were praying for somebody who was very obviously possessed. The person was manifesting, and they asked him to help pray. And he went up there to help pray, not really in the right frame of mind to pray. And as they were praying, he said something hit him in the chest. And they're praying for the lady. She quit manifesting. Everybody quit praying, but he didn't tell anybody something hit me. It doesn't feel right. The next day and the next few days, he realized something was really wrong, but he didn't tell anybody. And before he knew it, instead of going to the church or the place where he needed to do mission, he was going somewhere else. Because you see, they were praying for that lady to be set free from a spirit of adultery. And all of a sudden, instead of doing mission work, he was heading off to places he shouldn't go and doing things he should never do. Yes, his mission work was destroyed. And things went from bad to worse. He ended up in bondage, but because of pride, never talked to somebody that dealt with quickly. So yes, the spiritual realm is real. And sometimes we need to deal with that part. So finally, how do we receive freedom then? I've mentioned a couple things that can keep people in bondage. Obviously not all the things that can do it. But church, there's a way to be free. There's a way to live free. There's a way to... Live with joy and expectance and just life feeling great no matter what because we're free. Now, first of all, obviously, you need to accept Christ as your Savior. And I'm looking around this morning and I recognize each of you and I know that you have prayed and asked Christ to come into your life and to forgive you. So you're immediately accepting what he did on the cross, everything he paid for, which freedom was won. So by accepting him, you allow freedom to begin, okay? But there's a little more to it. You're already a believer, and somehow you don't feel free, okay? So for you, what is your step now to receive it? Maybe you didn't know you could pray and get free. Maybe you didn't understand how. Well, you must hear and receive truth. What did Jesus say? The truth will set you free. You see, being honest with yourself and people close to you will help bring freedom. If you are not willing to receive the truth about your own self, how will you be free? John 8.32 is where Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. You see, the story I told about that missionary, if he'd only received the truth instantly and talk to someone for prayer, 
his story would have ended differently. You know, I, I didn't tell the end of the story in any other service, but I just felt, Lord, say, tell him the whole story. Do you know, things went from bad to worse. You see, he was a missionary, but he was a missionary there with his wife. His wife knew there was a problem, but he still didn't deal with it. He didn't get help. Things went from bad to worse. The enemy just destroying him and his family, and they ended up in a vehicle accident. The vehicle accident, they said, was his fault, and where he was, if it's your fault, you could be charged for what happens. His wife was severely injured, and they went to the hospital, and it looked like she was going to die, which meant he would be charged for murder. She was very sick, but somehow they managed to get on the airplane with her. As they were flying, she passed away. The place where he was at radioed and said, you need to bring him back. He's going to have to go to jail for murder. The people on the plane said, no, we're sorry. We're no longer in your airspace. We're not bringing him back. You guys, the price of bondage is not fun. Do not stay there. You see, initially, being in addictions or bondage, you just think everything's okay. It's just me. It's no problem. Can I say this to you right now? Don't you dare stay there and don't you keep quiet. Ask somebody to help you and get free. And explore every avenue. If you think it's, well, it's just a habit, I'm going to break the habit and you can break the habit, good. If that doesn't work, then say, maybe there's something spiritual. Deal with the spiritual. But you fight to be free. Because that's what God's Word says. You see, you must resist the devil if you truly want to be free. Scripture says in James 4, 7, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. What does it mean to resist the devil? When he brings the temptation, when he tells you the lie, you say, No. I don't receive that. And you speak God's word. You see, we're blessed. We have a little two-year-old, and I don't know where she learned this or figured it out, but sometimes she'll try to do that to her dad. No. And I figured out that means if I go around the corner, she has done something she's not supposed to do. (laughs) But that, no. We need that kind of attitude when the devil tries to come and bother us, tries to tempt us. No. No. Don't come in my space, devil. You hear me? Can you do that? No, don't come in my space. Resist him. Because you see, you will have to fight a little if you want to be free. You will have to get up and say, enough is enough. You see, in the story I read at the beginning, Henry Brown would have never got free if he didn't come to a place where he decided enough is enough. It's cost me too much. Don't wait till you're destroyed to come to that point. Say enough is enough today and fight. Romans 6 verse 10 says, A final word, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting flesh and blood enemies, but evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, 
put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. You want to receive freedom? Then you need to know you've got to resist the devil. Allow Christ's power to come in. Hear and receive the truth. Resist the devil and you will need to win the battle in your mind. Addictions and bondage are very often here first. You'll need to win the battle there. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5, and we've preached about this before. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You want to be free, you're going to have to fight a little, and it will begin here. When that thought comes to pull you down and tell you you're useless or no good, you will have to say, oh, no devil, I don't receive that. When that thought comes, there's no hope, you won't amount to anything. No, I don't receive that. Cast it down. I receive the truth of Jesus Christ. And finally, church, you must never try to do it alone. If you recognize you need freedom in any area, don't be like, well, I'm going to just do it myself. I'll just be a little bit tougher. I'll just try a little harder. Don't. You can't do it on your own. You need Christ. You need His Holy Spirit, and you need others around you. You know, we mentioned addictions or bondage. There's so many different ones in our world, but God wants us to be free, and just a couple coming to mind. Did you know you can have an addiction to food? An addiction to food? Now, is food bad? Well, no, you need food to live. But an addiction to food can cause your health to be in such poor shape that it can cost you your life. Have you ever watched the shows about people who, they're in a position, if they don't get help, they could die. I remember watching a show one time with my wife about it, and there was a lady and the doctor saying, if you don't you know, stop eating, you got to eat less and lose this weight, you'll die. And as the show goes on, you could see the addiction power, and this person couldn't even move anymore, so she would manipulate other people to bring the food. Wow. Yes, food can be an addiction. But did you know you can have an addiction the opposite way? It's called an addiction of self-appearance. Where now a person says, I'm not going to have any food because I am that. And now there's this addiction for body appearance that wants to destroy them. And in any of these, there can also be a spiritual factor. And I realize I'm not a doctor and I'm not giving you the scientific parts of addictions either today. But I'm giving you the spiritual Bible part, and I'm telling you, bondage is not okay. Live free. Don't just exist. Don't just barely make it through life. Live free and live well. Zechariah 4 and verse 6, he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, 
but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it, may God bless it. Church, let his spirit get involved in your life. You won't do it in your own strength, but with his spirit filling you, you can do anything. With his spirit on your side, you will succeed. And he has great things he wants you to do. And he wants you to come to the end of it with people shouting, You did it! We did it! Praise God. Last verse, Philippians 4 and verse 13, says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Church, let me end by saying this. If there is anything in your life that you feel could be a bondage or an addiction, deal with it quickly. Don't let pride stop you from telling someone close to you. You can tell a pastor. You can tell someone in your life group. You can tell a spouse or a close friend. Be accountable and receive prayer and resist. Don't stay there. Let me say this before I take a minute to pray. If you're unsure, well, I don't think it's an addiction, or I, I don't think it's a problem, ask somebody close to you. Do you feel there's anything in my life that's a little bit out of line? Ask that question to somebody close to you. And if they say, funny you should ask, listen to them. Make sure you're asking somebody who cares about you, and then listen. Then pray about it and ask God, is this leading to an addiction or a bondage? Is this already there? And then deal with it. Deal with it quick. Don't wait till you're destroyed or your family's destroyed. Deal with it now. Deal with it right away. Because God wants you free. But I want to pray and believe for freedom in every area. Whatever area is needed. We're going to declare freedom, and we're going to declare God's blessing. All right? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for everybody in this church, every person who showed up today. They showed up for a reason. You love them unconditionally. You're not looking at any of them saying, oh, that person is bad. You're saying, I'm so glad they're here. I'm going to touch them. And so, Lord, we declare freedom in every area. Freedom from addictions, any lusts of the flesh, freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom from all types of bondage, whatever it might be, freedom in Jesus' name. And I declare to every spiritual bondage that might be present, every spiritual oppression or possession, we break it right now in Jesus' name. You have no right to touch God's people. Thank you, Lord. We walk in freedom, and that freedom brings us joy, and it causes other people to want to be where we are. I declare it now in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen.